When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Alex Shapiro. We're estheticians in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and we work with really incredible, diverse, ambitious, and driven people who are killing it in life. They deserve to be celebrated, and on this podcast, we're going to be sharing their stories with you. Yeah, and in between our interview episodes, we'll have Beauty School, where it's just the two of us, maybe some guest stars, and we'll be chatting about beauty, life, weird shit about being in your 30s, and learning more about one another, because that's what makes us more similar than different. Also, we're a lot of fun, and we have a super multicultural community, and we kind of think that you might too. So, why not talk about all things beauty under one black and Jewish roof? Plus, we'll be answering listener questions, so be sure to write us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's jump into the show. Oh, hey, guys. Hey. Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn podcast. Welcome. This isn't really the intro for this episode. This is actually a little dub over, a little extra intro. It's a little, I don't know, it's a little uh, pre-intro intro. Well, <laughs> anyway, it's um, Christmas Eve. <laughs> and, or maybe it's Christmas Day. <laughs> My Jew knows so much about Christianity. It's I had amazing. to sing that in chorus when My here. Jew. Is that all right? <laughs> sure. Okay, so guys. <laughs> I was talking to Michelle Kaufman the other day, and I was like, oh, happy Hanukkah. And she was, I was like, what do you do on Hanukkah? And she's like, oh, we're just going to go see the family. It's more for the kids. And I was like, I don't think my Jew does anything on Hanukkah. Oh and she God. knew exactly who I was talking about. She was like, nah, Alex is only a Jew. I made the joke. Alex is only a Jew by her GI tract. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. She got it. It took her too long to laugh. And I was like, I thought that was such a great joke. And then she was like, oh, that was funny. That was good. <laughs> it's amazing. For those of you who don't know, Jewish people have a reputation of having bad stomach issues, including myself. My stomach. <laughs> what show is that on when they're like, my stomach? What cartoon is it? Oi, my stomach. I have no idea. <laughs> it's very cute. Um,. <laughs> No, not Ren and Stimpy. It's not The Simpsons either, but it's like a similar... Maybe it is The Simpsons. Okay, speaking of Ren and Stimpy, Kyle said I looked like Ren last night when I made a face. I'm like, that is fucking offensive. <laughs> like, out of all cartoon characters. Pot. Is that the cat? 
Are they both cats? No, one's a chihuahua. Anyway, yeah, chihuahua. that's not the point, you guys. We are re-releasing one of our favorite episodes from before we were signed with the Exactly Right Network. This is actually a bye week. We're actually off this week for the holidays. Hey, hey, sometimes we take time off. But we didn't want to just like... I'm working Christmas Eve. No, you're not working either. We're actually off. And <laughs> the only thing that you think on Christmas. No, I really am. I'm doing services okay. until three. I know because we love. I like we working do. on Christmas Eve. It's cozy, you know. Aw, because you're Jewish. I guess because I'm Jewish. It's not going to be busy. It'll be a very chill day. Anyway, so guys, we didn't want to just leave you. Alex didn't want to leave you. She's going to be waxing buttholes. We <laughs> didn't want to leave you on the pod. So we wanted to re-release a couple of our favorite episodes this week and then also next week, which is New Year's Eve. And also an epi- uh, it's also a week where we're not supposed to release. But what kind of friends just like leave y'all hanging during the holidays? Not these kinds of besties. We don't do that to you guys. So, um, unfortunately, we're not playing something like <laughs> the happiest. But, you know, shit's wild out there. And I try to be aware of what's happening in the news cycle without actually reading the news every day. And I can see that turns out they're trying to dismantle Roe v. Wade. You guys know what else? Our friend Christina Tur- Sturbens told us that about a year ago in this episode that you're about to listen to right now. Right when uh, Amy Barrett Comey was about to be sworn in as a Supreme Court justice. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Our girl came and she was like, let me tell you why this is so dangerous. So we're coming at you in present day. We're taking you to the past. But she's talking about the future, which is now. That's the kind of friends that we are for you guys. We look out for you. We look out for, for your uteruses. But anyway, this is a really great episode. Uh, We thought it's really, really important, really, really timely, so we wanted to re-release it for you. Christina is an incredible um, editor at Vice. We don't bring you Mm dum-dums. We released this episode before we signed on to Exactly Right, so Mm -hmm. important to kind of reshed some light on it for sure most of you haven't i've seen the numbers (laughs) so even though it's an old episode for us it's still a new episode for you so um on this christmas listen to some vintage alex and elizabeth when we were just young bucks we just had one microphone between the two of us my god we had one set of headphones one set of headphones one bud that we'd share between the two of us but you know we had a mission and we weren't going to stop doing it because we knew these smart bitches were are incredible had smart fucking things to say and guess what now we in the future and turns out they were right (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's it guys happy holidays we love you so much thank you so much for such a fucking incredible year like i can't even begin to share how grateful we are how excited we are for the future how much we fucking love you guys how much we love you like, you guys are our best friends. Some of you guys will write, and they'll be like, "It's you guys don't even know. We listen to you every week, and you're, like, you know, my best friends. And I'm like, no, we know. You're our best friends, too. We get emotional. <laughs> Honestly, because we really do love you guys. So thank you for listening. Please enjoy this episode. And you guys, even though it's the end of the holiday season, you could still check out our Ooh. Merchant Exactly Right Network. Oh, yeah, we have cute totes. Yes. We got tote bags. I love it. We got fanny packs. We got water bottles. We have some fun surprises coming up for you guys, too. Oh, we got sweatshirts. We got T-shirts. We got everything. We got everything for you guys. So if you still want to hang with us, if you somehow haven't gotten enough of us this year, head over to Exactly Right Media. As always, where can they find us? On Instagram, at True Beauty Broken Podcast. 
Um, you can email us at truebeautybrokenpodcast at gmail.com. And now you can enjoy this incredible episode with one of our dearest friends, the incredible, the brilliant, the gorgeous, Christina Sterbins. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hi, friends. Hi. So we are here. <laughs> and Alex. We have another vote special for you kids. It's a little bit late because by the time this comes out, it's going to be a couple days away from election day. And much like our other episode, we were like, well, let's not talk about the national election because can't do shit about that. Yeah. But we had a wonderful guest on today who is a client of Elizabeth's. Well, she's a client of True Beauty. Of True Beauty. Yes. Christina Sturbins. Mm-hmm. And she's an editor at Vice News. Totally. And she was great because she's super, she's very neutral. Yes. And just gave us the facts. 100%. About voter suppression. Yes. About the new Supreme Court justice. Yeah. And so she, Christina's been covering that. That's been her beat for the last couple of weeks. And so we just brought her on to tell us about the Supreme Court, period. Yeah, learned a lot. Who this bitch Amy is. She's not a bitch. Who this lady Amy is. Excuse me, Miss Barrett. Justice Barrett. We wanted to learn who she was. Yeah. So I think it's a pretty interesting episode. Alex and I get angry millennial, and <laughs> Christina is so wonderful and in true journalistic integrity. I think really just opened up our eyes to seeing the, the flip side, right? I would say, well, why is this and this and this? And she's like, well, I would counter and say some other people might feel this and this and this. And it was very important, turns out, because... It just keeps you grounded. It keeps it for me. It was important it to just and it hear keeps you other. Learning yes, also. totally. To just see like, oh yeah, there's other people who think the same exact thing that I do, but on the other side. Yes, which was really eye opening and interesting, because kids, I'm sick of being at odds with one another. I'm sick of this country yelling at each other. Let's get back to everybody hating the rest of the world. Let's get back to <laughs> USA being Set. number one. <laughs> too funny you know okay that's not funny guys but you know what i mean yeah unity is really where we need to be and i think that this was a really great episode for unity yeah and i think the more that we all try to understand the more that we learn the more that we know the more that we grow all of it totally. and um yeah i hope that you all learn as much as we did totally all right guys so enjoy our conversation today with christina sturbens vice news editor enjoy Welcome to the True Beauty Brooklyn Podcast. Welcome. We're here today with our very good friend, Christina Sterbens. Yes. (laughs) Christina is an editor at Vice News and one of our incredible clients. And she's here because we just need some smart babes to talk us through everything that's happening politically. All of the current events. All of the current events, exactly. We, as we said at the beginning of this, when we were talking to Christina, we're here, Alex and I are here to represent you, the listener. So you guys aren't dumb, but we are. (laughs) (laughs) So we're here to play the dumb card so that we can get a good, well-rounded view of everything that's kind of going on. I mean, obviously there's the general election. Fuck that. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Christina is right now covering the Supreme Court 
nomination. She was actually just confirmed and oh, yeah, sworn yeah. in. But also, before we go any farther, yes. I just wanted to say, I don't want you to talk about yourself like that. Neither of you guys are dumb. Oh, and thank you. I really want to try to normalize not knowing because I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, a lot of misinformation, a lot of people who will try to talk about things politically or ideologically um, and they're coming from more of an ego place rather than a real exchange of ideas and information. So I personally really respect the way that you approach the podcast. And I also hope to God that you're not expecting me to talk about everything that's going on because you would be amazed at the things that I miss. Yeah. Like I'll come into work the next day or something and you know, like somebody will be like, I can't even think of an example. And I'll just be like, how did I not see that? Like I, I just found imagine. out that Beyonce had twins. Like, <laughs> like like two months ago. Old news, yeah. I don't. I love that. I, you just I can't. There's yes. so much. There's you not, can't there's keep not track of all room. of it, even yeah. when it's your job. I mean, exactly. I'll leave it. I'll keep track of Beyonce, girl. You don't need to keep track of that. That's okay. fine. I'll keep you filled in every time you come and get your brows. I'll let you know what's going on with the Carters, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and you can just let me know what's going on with the general outside world. I will be on like Amy Coney Barrett duty. Yes. You be on Beyonce duty. I, got you, I girl. think you are getting the better end of this deal. <laughs> Honestly. But yeah. Well, I stopped, I think I told you this before, I completely stopped watching, listening, reading the news. I kind of have been going through waves since 2016. I mean, pre-2016, it used to be great getting news updates, you know, like Supreme Court decreed um, same-sex marriage across the board. That was a great fucking day. Just like getting all those Obama updates. That was fantastic. Then, started getting like the most depressing, everything, you, every notification was just like, and it's even worse, guys. Just when you thought it couldn't get worse, everything's even worse. And at that point, I just had to turn it off because, yeah. I mean, our job really is to be a disconnect from the real world for a lot of people, you know, and I just couldn't, Personally, I couldn't be my best self and do my job properly being down all the goddamn time. Yeah. So I took myself out of really the news cycle and it's been great because this is New York and so you still have an idea of what's going on. I still have like beautiful babes like yourself coming in and telling me everything that's going on. So, so that's what I mean by like, I don't know what's going on. Every time oh I look God. at the news, so it's be worse hard for and worse. You because you can't turn off from it. It's been a lot. <laughs> like I think every you know, mental health provider, therapist in the country right now is telling people to limit their news consumption. Yeah. And I don't often have that luxury, but you know, there are mindful ways. Like I've been a lot better setting boundaries with work and mm. just making sure, like the last time I was in, I think I used the word plant soul, just like making sure yes. that I'm getting sunshine and water. Water is yeah. important. Totally. <laughs> and I feel like the mom at work, we have a slack room that we all talk in at work and sometimes I'll just chime in and be like all right everyone like make sure you're hydrating totally <laughs> yeah it's really I think you know the pandemic and just how intense everything has been politically has really forced people to learn how to take care of themselves better and I hope that those lessons stay with me and other people totally you know when things aren't so topsy-turvy yeah. yeah when will that be <laughs> when when when, when? <laughs> But anyway, so I guess the new Supreme, the Court, new Supreme Court Justice. Yeah, yeah I think a, that's huge. Like I said before, I feel like I don't know that much about her. Mm -hmm. Yes. I feel like when she was first kind of, I was hearing about her, I did look into her, but I was like, ah, she, that's not going to happen. Right. right. 
Well, let's talk about so maybe why it's so, why the not even why the Supreme Court is so important. Like that's kind of an obvious answer, but like why we're seeing this rush of a confirmation, why this is such a big deal, mm-hmm. like sort of overall for like the cultural zeitgeist, and then talk about her ideology, maybe right to kind of make more sense of everything. Sure. So I think the best way to approach this is kind of back into it. Over Trump's term, he's been able, she's the third justice that he's been able to nominate. And he's a conservative president, Mm -hmm. so he's obviously nominated conservative justices. Mm -hmm. Now that she's on the court, there's a 6-3 conservative majority. Mm -hmm. And Neil Gorsuch, who was Trump's first nominee, Brett Kavanaugh, who was his second nominee, I'm sure you guys Mm -hmm. remember. And now with Amy, I think they're all in their late 40s to early 50s. Mm -hmm. So... Supreme Court positions are lifetime positions. Right. Um, pretty much the only way you can get off the high court is to relinquish your role or you die. Right. So, Has anybody ever relinquished their role? Excellent question. I will direct listeners to <laughs> another podcast, okay. which is um, Radio Lab's More Perfect. Oh, mm. yes. Great show. Yes. Yeah. If you guys are really interested in the Supreme Court, their episode is incredible. Also, the, specifically the episode called The Political Thicket. Okay. It was about um, a case. Uh, I think it was a gerrymandering or some kind of voting case. My memory doesn't isn't quite serving me. But it, um, it actually drove one justice like a little bit crazy, mm-hmm. and another justice ended up dying during the case. And it wow. was just like wild. But um, that's beside the point. I yes. don't know if a justice has ever relinquished their role. Yes. It's probably something that I should know. Well, I mean, we're all going to find out. We're all going to find out, yeah. Going to Google it afterward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so because they're also young and they're conservative, like this court that Trump has essentially set up is going to last for likely decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, Amy Coney Barrett is, well, the Supreme Court as a whole, but with the addition of Amy Coney Barrett, they're about to hear uh, a lot of cases about some pretty big rights for different uh, Americans and things that will just affect the rights of um, everyday Americans. So there's the Supreme Court is going to hear something about the Affordable Care Act, also Mm -hmm. known as Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Uh, If that you know sets off any alarm bells in your head you're not crazy it's the third time the supreme court has actually heard a case about obamacare and if the justices decide to dismantle it essentially i think 23 million americans are slated to lose coverage Mm -hmm. so that's obviously huge yeah um i think a lot of the focus about amy coney barrett has been on her views about abortion Mm -hmm. um so she's a devout catholic Mm. and was part of an organization called people of praise although she's been pretty tight-lipped i don't actually don't think she said anything public about her membership in that organization i don't think it's a catholic organization but it teaches you how to live and helps you make decisions that align with Uh, their religion Mm -hmm. and people have been concerned if Amy Coney Barrett will be able to separate of course those viewpoints from her decisions Mm -hmm. on the court Um, have we ever had a Supreme Court justice that's as conservative religiously like that's so involved in other really religious conservative groups um, not from my memory I don't Mm. think in modern times, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't that the whole thing with America? <laughs> like, separation of church and state, right? supposedly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but people are free to have their own beliefs. Yes. And, I mean, just like, it, it's similar to journalism, right? Like, right. I personally believe certain things. Right. But I'm capable of 
writing about topics and covering stories and editing stories from a, a more neutral perspective. Right. So I don't know if her religiosity is really what people are concerned about. I think it's the fact that she's a part of this organization that reportedly we don't really know a ton about what goes on in that it's a very secretive organization mm. they've actually scrubbed a lot of information from their website since her nomination because like a cult? they wanted to <laughs> <laughs> you are not the first person to make that association yeah I'm it's so obsessed with cults no but it just i mean the gateway if you haven't listened listen yeah it's a little um but it's one of those things where it's like is it a cult is it not and just anything like that that is just so all-encompassing yeah it just yeah. freaks me out i guess and it's not you're right it isn't about the religiosity it's about is how that a word i think I it's know. a word i like it it's not it let's go with it. Yes. I, really like it. <laughs> I really think it's you girl you sold me I said it perfectly right out of your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, the religiosity. the religiosity. But if anything is infiltrating your life in that huge of a way, and your job is to sort of dictate the way the rest of us are going to live within yep. a society, there seems like there's a little bit of an issue with that. So what was really interesting to me is um, Democrats steered way away from asking questions about her religion during her confirmation hearings. Mm. Because I don't really think that people know how to talk about this in a way they're very worried about offending people who are of this religion mm -hmm. it's a really difficult thing uh even for me to talk about i'm sort of struggling stumbling yeah, for words right now offend anybody and it's yeah. not about offense but you should be able to talk about it right mm -hmm. especially if it makes yeah. up such a huge part of somebody's life it shouldn't be offensive for people to ask questions when it involves all of us yeah Right? It's one thing if you're doing it in your private life, but your private life affects our public life. And so I think totally. that, that should Just be like able to be... like how you said, you know, you have your specific views, but you're capable of yes, reporting of things mm -hmm. neutrally. I think most people are not capable of that, you know? Mm -hmm. So... And, but it's that's why she is concerning to me, right? But yeah. I just don't know enough about... I don't know the girl. Right, 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 right. I feel like until this all happened, I had never heard of her. I don't know if that's just me, but I, I didn't know shit about her. Right. So it's just worrisome. I mean, I guess all you know? just, like, what do you really know about judges, right? And that's the next question, is, like, who really knows anything about any of these people? I think a lot slides under the radar, and it's, yeah. it's meant to be that way, clearly. Yeah, right. This year, you're absolutely right, it was a lot of justices that were named, and so before that, it was Anita Hill and uh, Clarence, Clarence Thomas, right, mm -hmm. in the 90s, and we were kids for that, right? But there was a whole big to-do about, like, who's this guy and about his conduct inside and outside of his profession. Yeah, and there were a lot of parallels made when, yeah. during Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing yeah. for obvious right. reasons. Right. And how much they get paid? <laughs> you know what, I said I was wanting to I wanted to normalize not knowing. That's something that I also yeah. don't know, but yeah. we'll Google. I mean, it's such a great question. I a never lot of money, right? I mean, define a lot. Or is it one of those jobs like being a veterinarian where it's like so much is on your shoulders but you don't get paid nearly as much okay, as Okay, I love you that do. you compared it to veterinary and not like the president. I'm like, but that I also think veterinarians veterinarian. But I also think veterinarians make a shit ton of money. I think okay, so what I've heard is that a lot of them don't make as much as we think. A lot of them make like a pretty like compared to like doctors. Yeah. Make a pretty low. I mean, the president doesn't about, make very much money. Are you still talking about vets right now? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> the president doesn't make a lot of money, but 
from what I understand is that's more of like an honorary, like yeah. you give yes. the, the salary back. Yeah. But it's also because like yeah. you're a Congress, like you don't just, like me and you don't just come up and start running for president. Like the people who run for president. Presidents are never suffering financially. Exactly. I've never heard exactly. of any president that I was like, once you'll oh, be president broke. anymore, he's living. <laughs> well, I mean, it turns or, out our current president is suffering financially. Oh, <laughs> First time for everything, you write about that girl. Mm-hmm. But he's fibbing. But you're he teaching me a lot. Okay, um, yes. <laughs> what were we talking think? about? So Veterinarians. Oh, well, <laughs> that reminds me that Amy Coney Barrett needed to be vetted. Yes. Do you see what I did there? Yes, yes. Tell us about Roe v. Wade and its importance with Amy Coney Barrett. So um, Democrats stayed pretty far away from her religious beliefs during yes. her confirmation hearing because... I think it's something that a lot of people find hard to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're allowed to have reli- strong religious convictions, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, it's like, can you separate that from your job or right. from the decisions that she's going to be have to making as an associate justice of the Supreme Court? But um, what they did ask about was her views on abortion yes. and Roe v. Wade, whether yes. it was decided correctly. Um, Roe v. Wade was the landmark case, I think it was 1976, that legalized abortion nationwide. Okay. And conservatives have, and and sort of the pro-life movement, have um, been trying to chip away at Roe v. Wade by passing these smaller restrictions that then courts will rule on and say, okay, you're allowed to limit abortion in that way, you're allowed to limit abortion in that way. Or they're absolutely outrageous restrictions or things that are way outside the scope of what's allowed under the decision that will then make its way to the Supreme Court. And they Mm. know that it's going all the way to the Supreme Court. So this Mm -hmm. has been happening over the last, you know, five years or so. We saw it a lot last year when um, Alabama and Georgia passed these heartbeat bills, Mm. as they're they're so-called. The case that Amy Coney Barrett uh, is... The Supreme Court has not decided to take it up yet. They're going to consider the case. So what happens is the Supreme Court decides as a group whether to take up a petition. Mm. So you're a state or an attorney general or an organization or whatever, and you're like, hey, I got this case. I think Mm -hmm. you guys should hear it. Right, right. (laughs) And they all get together and kind of chat about it and say, all right, we we do want to, this is a very interesting legal question that has not really been decided. Sometimes they kick things back down to the lower courts. Sometimes they say, we're not going to hear it at all. Mm -hmm. So they're about to hear this case. Um, It's about an abortion restriction out of Mississippi. I think, again, don't quote me, numbers are Mm -hmm. not my strength. It's either a nine, I think it's either a 19-week ban or a 15-week ban, Mm -hmm. um, meaning that you wouldn't be able to get an abortion after that. Right. And I think why this is so problematic for a lot of people uh, on the left and a lot of people who are pro-abortion rights is that um, a lot of women don't know they're pregnant. Exactly. That's what I was just saying. Three months? Like, that's, yeah, a lot of women don't know they're pregnant. Yeah, I mean, I think the average amount of time is like six weeks or something And if you're not planning a pregnancy, it's like, how, why would you even be looking, why would you even think that that would be the case, There's literally a show about people who don't know they're pregnant until they're giving birth. That show is terrifying. It's so terrifying. But not even And they're always having babies on their kitchen floors. Oh, it's so weird. It's like, do you feel like you, like there's a shit coming on, but instead it turns out to be a baby? That's what I've heard. But it's just the idea of like, this literally... There are people who don't know until they're giving birth. So imagine how many women yes. don't know until like four or five months. Yes. You know? Yeah. So why people are so freaked out is 
because in bringing this specific petition, uh, the state of Missouri said, we are going after Roe v. Wade. Right. We are actually, we want you to consider this case as part of a larger discussion right. about limiting abortion in the country. Right. So again, the Supreme Court has not decided to take that up yet, mm -hmm. but she's going to be a part of the discussion about whether they decide to. Right. And she's made, you know, no secret um, that she is... And she's got like seven kids, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, in and, the year 2020. Uh, yeah. That and I didn't know. The, like, the men... She doesn't even believe in the pill, right? It's like, you know... The Republican men on the Senate Judiciary Committee, which heard her confirmation, mm -hmm. were all about bringing that up. They yeah. were like, so many yeah, of them of mentioned... Oh, and you're a mother of seven. Oh, and you're seven children. Ah, we actually wrote a story kids, about it at man. work. They just were all about saying that. That's it's pretty good. I mean, but it's also just so <laughs> ridiculous because bringing up children is so difficult. And to be able to have seven kids in America, you have to, ha like, even to be middle class, like, you just have to have so much money. And the normalization of that within this woman, I think, is what they're trying to prove. But it's like... This woman has, she's a Supreme Court justice. She has so much money. She has so much help. Right. Like, who's watching these kids? So the fact that right. it's like they're touting this Are wealthy. Are trying to make it relatable? Yes, that's what they're trying to there? say is like, look, she's got seven kids. And look, she's a Supreme Court justice. That woman has so much help to be able to raise those kids. Like, if that's what you want to do, that's your choice. But to tout that and to flaunt that right. as if to say, look, she can have seven kids. Why should you be able to have an abortion you can still live your life and have all of these kids is absurd. It's like so absurd. We're over here like, can we afford one child? <laughs> can I afford my two dogs? We were just talking about this. How many times do I go to the vet and the bill is $600? And I'm like, wait, Dude, during what? the pandemic, I had to feed my cat like not as good of food. Honestly. <laughs> I was like, can't afford the expensive shit. Honestly. Right now. And that's why they're, that's why they but, keep bringing it up. I'm sure these seven kids, look at these seven kids. Like, who needs a fucking, like, that's right. so. I mean, I can't speak to the motive, I know, their motivation. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. This is, is the girl hearing the dog. Like, whistle it, like it, it, sorry it pisses me off it's absurd sorry. it is a part of like the pro-life sort of ideology well, i feel like this all happened very fast too yes there's a reason that it happened very fast yeah right i'm like oh, right? very fast like, like sorry the reason that this makes me so angry is because in america like yes america is racist but even more than racist is america is poorest like, if you are poor, then they're coming after you. Like, we don't mm -hmm. like poor people in this country. Like, you can be any color of the rainbow if you've got a million dollars. We made you plus. that way, we but we don't shit. like you. Exactly. And so it's very mm -hmm. offensive to me because, like, rich women... Like, this doesn't affect anybody sitting in this room, right? If abortion was illegal tomorrow, we as, like, middle to upper middle class women would figure out how to get an abortion if we wanted to. Yes. But this doesn't have any... whatever system we would use wouldn't have the same checks and balances. No, but what I'm saying like is, like, the main medical yes. process right now. And then what are poor women going to do? Exactly. That's who this is attacking. And that's why I'm so offended is because this has this is 100% against poor women. And that's how the cycle of poverty continues is by not being able to control the rate of your birth, whether by, you know... Using prophylactics or having an abortion, whatever, that is, I believe that that should be your right. And it's just insane, man. It's just, yeah, this 100% to me is like um, just against poor people, period, and poor women. And it's mm -hmm. frustrating as fuck. In all fairness, Amy Coney Barrett did say during her confirmation hearing that she didn't think Roe v. Wade was going anywhere. Okay. Thanks, but girl. Appreciate that. She also really didn't say very much about anything else. Yeah. Uh, sort of the main theme of her confirmation hearing was her refusing to 
give her, her legal thoughts on what a, a lot of people viewed as like pretty straightforward questions. Mm -hmm. um, for example, she wouldn't say whether or not the president has to agree to a peaceful transition of power. Mm. And that's just weird, Amy. But her her reasoning for not answering these yes. relatively straightforward or what some people saw as relatively straightforward questions was because your boss doesn't. <laughs> She d she didn't want to wade into any kind of legal territory, mm -hmm. hypothetically. She said, okay. the case and the specific facts and everything have to be in front of me yes. for me to go one way or the other on this. Okay. But she also refused to say if climate change is real. Yeah. Um, she just had no comment, basically. What did she say? I plead the fifth. She she kind of danced around it. Um, she's actually very good at doing this. Yes. Um, and seemed she would. You know, I I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna be like, I don't know if you guys watched Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearings. I realize that the normal person probably didn't subject themselves I mean, to that. I mean, I saw some of that ridiculous red face spitting. But he got. I was gonna just gonna say he got very emotional. There were mm -hmm. tears at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, you know. It's just sometimes it's funny to me that women get branded as the emotional, emotional ones, gender. Right? Uh, Justice Barrett was very composed during her hearing. Yes. And, you know, even during, I think, I, I would say that Kamala Harris was probably the member of the Senate Judiciary Committee that went toe-to-toe -to -toe with her sort of the hardest. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was very poised, she was eloquent, um, and she explained why she didn't want to comment on things in a way that I think resonated with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But with some of the other issues like climate change, she would say she believes the climate is changing or that, you know, it, but wouldn't really come out and say it, which was a really peculiar moment for me because a huge portion of, you know, the GOP and like even Vice President Mike Pence has said that climate change is real mm -hmm. um, and it's you know sort of an agreed upon scientific fact so it, it highlighted to me the fact that she didn't really need to answer questions in order to get confirmed yeah. so why would she yeah like why would she right. risk you know upsetting Trump saying the wrong right. Thing. or upsetting right. the American electorate or just like ruffling really any feathers mm -hmm. when she didn't have to like right. the Republicans had the votes to confirm her mm -hmm. she, she really didn't need to answer these questions right. um, I think a lot of people believe she should have right but interesting do you think people from both sides feel like she should have yeah actually I was just speaking... even if I were supporting her I'd be like yeah not really saying what I want to hear right I was just speaking to one of my colleagues who's working on a different story right now, and she had spoken to a source who lives in Lindsey Graham's state and voted for him. He's the um, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee and was one of the people that was helping Mitch McConnell sort of push through uh, Justice Barrett's confirmation. And this source, the story hasn't been written yet, so yeah. I can't name any names or anything like that, but um, she was really furious that they had push through Justice Barrett's confirmation in this way. Just like for some context, mm -hmm. it she was confirmed eight days before the election. Mm -hmm. Back in 2016, when President Obama nominated Merrick Garland, mm -hmm. his nomination languished for 293 days mm -hmm. before it expired because Obama left office. Yeah. Also, Lindsey Graham 
in order to advance Justice Barrett's confirmation to the full Senate floor vote, do you guys, do you want me to explain how this works? Yeah. Okay. So Trump nominated her. Yes. They have to, the Senate Judiciary Committee is responsible for advancing her nomination to a full Senate vote. Okay. So they have to hold these hearings where all the members of the committee get to ask her, ask her questions and all that. And then they need a majority or like a quorum of senators to say, yes, mm-hmm. we we think she's, she's okay. Let's mm-hmm. have the full Senate vote on it. So this vote was scheduled and Democrats were going to boycott the vote because they obviously don't, didn't agree that on the timeline and that this was happening so close to the election. Mm-hmm. So, um, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee has a pretty broad ability to change the rules or get around the rules if he wants to. Mm-hmm. So Republicans voted to advance her confirmation to the full Senate without any Democrats present. He essentially broke the rules. And I How think could he do that? He's the chair. Because he just can, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like that's like something nice that you do if you're playing nice. Yeah, yeah, he's supposed to. There are a lot of, you know, conservatives in the country who I think have a really deep respect for the country's political system yeah. and the rules. And I think that they're... I like to o- call them classic, Repu- Republican classic. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was like actually... Co- like ones who were involved before yeah. Trump. Yeah. There was actually uh, um, a gentleman who stood up during um, Joe Biden's town hall. I don't know if you guys remember, but this was right after Trump got COVID. Mm-hmm. TBT. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And they were supposed to have a debate, but they couldn't do it safely, so then yeah. they just held competing town halls. Right. My colleagues and I split it up. We had half the people watching Trump. We had half the people watching Biden. Mm-hmm. I got to be on Biden duty that oh, night. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then there was a guy that stood up in the audience who identified himself as a Republican and said, you know, my father actually worked with the Kennedys and whatever, and it turns out that Joe Biden knew his dad. Mm-hmm. And it was just really interesting to see, like, kind of what you said, like a classic conservative yeah. asking, um, like, current Democrat right. questions in that interaction. I think that there are definitely conservatives who have a deep respect for the rules and right. I think are upset about this process. I mean, what I don't understand is that, and, you know, we spoke with Emily Gallagher a couple weeks ago, and so she... One of the things that she said that I really loved was that part of being a leader is getting is like grooming the next group of leadership because you know you want a dynamic political system. You want things to grow with the culture and like it can't be dynamic if the people that are in power are stagnant but everything else is changing. And when I hear things like this I'm just like what the shit do you care? You're going to be dead in 10 years. And I'm, I know this sounds like yeah. facetious, but it's the truth. Like, why do you people care what somebody that's my age does with my body? Why do you care what the next generation is going to do? You're not going to be here. What does it matter? Like, in terms, aside from, like, the country still being here, and right, and us being Americans together in a political system and loving your neighbor and your community and, like, the greater good of the nation, what the fuck do you care? You're going to be dead. Honestly. <laughs> Is that a crazy question to ask? No, it's true. Like, why are you in such a why are you in such a rush to get this woman up for the next for the rest of her life when like you're 85? How many more months do you have? 24. You've got like the time span of my niece. Like, that's on this planet. I mean, I'm asking you rhetorical questions. Sorry. Well, I think people (laughs) on the other side of the ideological spectrum would just like you said. You know, Emily Gallagher said, "Okay, well, you have to have." part of being a leader is like setting the next generation up and I think that you know people on the other side of the ideological spectrum 
think that same way, but for them it's about protecting what they, the what they consider an American way of life exactly or like morality. Here I am like speculating about like, you know, how no, conservatives think no, and all that. you're absolutely right because that makes perfect makes sense. sense. Like you literally just took what I said and flipped it to the other side. But just like, I guess I just don't understand I, I feel how like anybody that's... could feel like anything should stay the same. Exactly the same, sir. Exactly. I feel like, like that's you know I mean? part of my job is yeah. to just keep an open mind and try to see how, you know, all ideologies and political parties and, you know, see things and what the experiences of different people are and everything like that. And, you know, that's why, like, I, I'm getting off topic, but I take the, this, this sort of war on media and these cries of fake news and everything like that pretty personally. Yeah. Because I just have such a deep respect for my, for my profession and the people who are in it. And mm -hmm. I think the, the quality that most defines journalists and reporters and editors and producers and correspondents and you know whatever is just a deep curiosity about life and other people totally whether or not you agree with what that person says or does like i want to know why you feel that way yeah and what is motivating you to make your political choices what life experiences you've had that have gotten you to this place because i think that then other people can use that information to make their own decisions and policymakers can look at those experiences you know yeah hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Like, well, that's how you also have compassion. That's called understanding and com having compassion for humans is thinking, yeah. putting yourself in their shoes, Atticus finching your way through life, right? Like, I, I think this was a, a big part of the problem. I, just to be clear, I, I'm, I don't want to blame the media for the, tr the success that Trump has seen. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that there was a large part of the country who were white and poorer that didn't see themselves reflected in the quote-unquote mainstream media. Yeah. And, you know, they were they, then they formed this side conversation without the same checks and balances mm -hmm. that traditional, like, journalism has. You know, like... Alex Jones, Infowars, these conspiracies, like mm. a lot of the things that, you know, some of the more hardcore far right Trump supporters really do believe in, mm -hmm. or at least they think they believe in. Right. And mm. I, not everyone in media agrees with this. And it's kind of, a, it, it's sort of a controversy that's been stirring for a long time. But my main motivation is to bring those people back into a more sane conversation. Yes. So like, yeah. how do we, instead of continuing to alienate them, instead yeah. of continuing to like point fingers and all of that, like how do we, how do I reach out to those people and yes. re-involve them? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. We can't continue separated, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, before things got so crazy, when this guy won, and people were like, how? Like New Yorkers, not people. How did this happen? How? I knew those people who voted for him. I grew up in a place where 
people felt exactly what you just said, you know? So I know that that was a very real feeling. I mean, um, I get it too. I grew yeah. up, I'm from Northeast Ohio, yeah. which is the most populous part of the state, and it's, it's, it tends to go blue, which mm -hmm. is why Ohio's, you know, a swing state, although it's in question whether it's a swing state anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Ohio's always been super important to presidential elections. But I think there are a lot of New Yorkers and a lot of, like, the East Coast liberal elites, yeah. as, like, people like to say, that have never spoken to a Trump voter yeah. or, you know, don't know anyone whose parents are, like, or, or you know, were auto workers. Right. Or, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Those kinds of people that you mentioned who voted for Trump, it makes sense yeah. to me why they did. Mm -hmm. Just on the flip side, there's yeah. also tons of, like, people in the the middle of America, regardless of their profession, who have, like, never had a conversation with a Muslim. Yeah. Or totally. don't know any women who have ever gotten an abortion or admitted to having an abortion. Right. Talk to anyone who wasn't white. Yeah. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, like, so, I mean, like, well, it, goes, it goes both it goes, ways. Yeah, 100%. It goes 100% yeah. both ways. That's the problem. I mean, well, the, there's a huge disparity between the people in our country, yes. you know, like, the fact that there are so many wealthy, wealthy people and then so many poor people. Yes. Like, yeah, of course these people don't come into contact yeah. often. Yes. That's a problem in itself, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's the fear of the unknown is a normal human condition. Staying in that is, to me, abnormal because we have more than the lizard brain, right? Like, the fear of the unknown is your lizard brain keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. But we're so much further evolved than that, so... It shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the case anymore. But what happens is, I mean, I hate to break it down to it being this simple because it sounds offend. it sounds that I'm being offensive to people and I don't mean it to be. What I mean is that these people who were, who ha weren't heard for so long, when somebody comes and starts saying, yeah, you're right, well, it's their fault. Why wouldn't you listen? Like, why wouldn't you hear that? Yeah. I understand that also. Like, I understand how propaganda works and why propaganda works. And I don't mean to say that in like a, um, patronizing way or anything, but if you feel unheard and unseen, that's how people get into cults. Well, too. It's a, I mean, it's the it's same an, idea. I mean, all humans you know, want a hundred percent want to belong. Yeah, want to be yes. part of something. Yeah, I totally get it. It's yeah. religions. All of these things make you feel. And listen, when your life feels shitty, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is something that can feel uplifting to you. Totally. So maybe for a lot of those people. Trump is that for them. And they're forgotten. You know? There's a lot of forgotten people. A yes. lot of forgotten people. Yeah, totally. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. You know? Well, I do, so. Oh! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You're a descendant of God. God, of course right? not. It's really frustrating. It's hard. It is it's hard because it's like I want to be compassionate, but at the same time, yeah, it's difficult. I it's, always it's, say that I'm shocked I wasn't in a cult at any point in my life just like in my early 20s wanting to belong to something yeah oh god i mean it's frustrating to feel so much compassion for somebody who's hated you forever for no reason at all you know that's totally. a feel like totally i to feel that i want to understand that is really frustrating i know because i should be saying go fuck yourself like do you know all right here's a perfect example and i heard i think i don't know if i've said this on the podcast before but there's an excellent bruce lee 30 for 30 out. I think it's called Be Like Water, or maybe it's just called Like Water. But I loved it because it was. It came out right at the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was interesting for me to see another culture 
experienced racism in America and talk about their experience in a way I'd never heard ever before, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's this Asian American activist and he was saying, do you know, do you know what it's like to live in a place where you're born and it's the only home that you know, but you're treated as a foreigner and so you want to burn the fucking place down, but you can't because it's your home. So you just stay. And I was like, dude, you too? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you feel like that too? I never knew somebody else had that feeling. <laughs> and that's how I feel. That's like exactly how I feel. It's like, I want to burn this fucking place down, but it's my home. So I really want to go and like, hold you, you like, sir, what happened? Yeah. Like, what happened to you to make yeah. you so angry? Like, let's get through this together. I had, so this was right after Charlottesville, and um, I was working on a story about a district in, um, I think it's the largest school district in North Carolina. It's been years since I, Wake County, it's been years since I wrote the story, but um, there was a lot of um, racist incidents that were happening in the school, and it was creating like this huge division in the community, and I had spoke to this, like, racial education expert um, at Harvard. I wish I could remember his name because he was incredible. Um, maybe you guys can like add it in as like a footnote at the end of the podcast yeah. or something like that. We'll look it up. But he was, um, for for the purposes of context, he was a black man, mm -hmm. and we were discussing Charlottesville and racism and all this and he expressed to me such compassion for all of the people who had shown up to the University of Virginia that day with their tiki torches, chanting all these anti-Semitic remarks and just being racist assholes pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, just saying like exactly what you said, like what happened to them to make them so angry and to make them feel so frustrated and like they had no choice anymore except to take up a tiki torch and scream these things that they know are not socially acceptable, that they know will alienate them, like what's going on inside? Mm -hmm. And I got really emotional during that interview because I just, I had never heard somebody that was marginalized and the one being targeted and the one being hurt by that behavior mm -hmm be so curious and open-hearted towards someone else's experiences, especially the ones that were do causing him the pain. Yeah. And it was a really beautiful moment for me. Um, this is something that I don't know if you guys like meditate or are into like that whole spiritual life, but <laughs> um, I listened to 10% Happier. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Dan Harris's podcast. Mm -hmm. He's an ABC News anchor who um, did a lot of cocaine and mm -hmm. had like a breakdown on mm -hmm. national television. You can YouTube it. Mm -hmm. um, he's very open about his experiences. And after that happened, he turned to meditation, but he kind of brands himself as like a fidgety skeptic. I actually think one of his books is called Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. Like He's the guy for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's speaking to me right now. He's great. He's like not the typical, like I'm gonna do yoga and drink kombucha guy. He's yeah. like, wait, no. Let me logically dive into this, and I listen to his podcast constantly, and he's actually had this whole election kind of series about like how to stay engaged without losing your mind right now, mm -hmm. and just repeatedly the guests that he has on his show talk about 
the way that we're, I'm gonna sound so like touchy-feely, but like the way that we're gonna get through this as a country is through compassion, mm -hmm. even for people who are do, are causing us, like us the pain, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's so hard and I, I feel like, like I'm listening to myself talk and I'm like, Christina, you, why are you, you have to get yourself out of this. You sound like, a, no. you sound like a crazy hippie. Speaking of cults. I'm right. Like, ah. Guys. Why can't Let's everyone just love each other? You no, know, but it's the but, truth. It's frustrating, yeah. especially when we live in a city that's so dense and so populous and so diverse. And it's like, we do it every fucking day totally. for hundreds of years, you know? And it's not perfect, no. Like, we have problems. Like, we want to defund the police. Like, there's racism as, like, it's not perfect. But we live here in unity. And at the end of the day, we're all New Yorkers. Like, that's one thing I will say. If, like, somebody comes for us, it don't matter if you're blue or red. In this city, you're a fucking New Yorker. Mm -hmm. We're going to link arms and come after mm -hmm. you. And that's the way that this nation should yeah. be. And that's the way this nation used to be. And somebody's fucking it up. And it's like, we can't fall for it. Like, we cannot fall for these tricks. I know. It's and crazy. It's, yeah. it's really classic populist rhetoric. And it's happening, frankly, all across the world. It really is, yeah. Um, you know, like, strong men... Uh, taking power in other countries, like what's going on in Bolivia right now. Well, that's, oh, girl, sorry to cut you off, but when you're talking about pro, like, the, it came, I was like, the reason that they're still going after Roe, Roe, Roe? Roe. Roe v. Wade. Whoa, v. Wade. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm going to start calling it that. That would be a great podcast Let's name. Let's develop yes. Sometimes that I do. would be. Yes, okay. <laughs> Is because it's a way to control women. Of course, if we can control our birth, look what happened. You know, since the '60s, we've been gaining steadily gaining speed because it's like, bitch, I don't need these kids. Look how much I can do without them. Yeah. And if you chip exactly what you're saying, if you chip that away, then it's men being back in power. To me, I'm like, this happened in the '60s. It's the fucking. It's 2020. How the fuck are we still having this conversation? It's men trying to get back and regain that power, man. It's all about power at the end of the day. They're embarrassed. They're embarrassed? They've let too much slide out of their hands. I don't think it's embarrassment. I think they're just sick of it. They're just like, why the fuck is this woman telling yeah. me anything? Why are you talking? Why are you having an opinion? Shut up and go make me a sandwich. I know, we forget like, the, the idea of women staying home and not talking. That yeah. wasn't that long ago that that no. was like, the norm That's in this true. country. That's true. Really not that long ago. So it's it, kind of. I had a wild experience the day after uh, RBG died. Mm -hmm. I had just applied for a new credit card, mm -hmm. and I got and I got accepted. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for her without man. a man co-signing my application. Your father, it, or your brother, or a husband, or a husband. I mean, I, a husband. Yeah. Figure, that's my husband. Could you imagine, girl, thirty-year-old woman? You have to call your father or your brother. To do anything? Excuse me, 29. All right, girl. Well, yet. I am 30. I'm a 30, <laughs> like, I'm a 34 year old woman. I'm not 30 yet. <laughs> T, T minus six weeks. Ooh. But you're right. RBG, that was only in the 70s. Yeah. It was it was, it, it was yeah. not that long ago. I mean, and ago. similarly, like, it wasn't that long ago that black Americans couldn't vote mm -hmm. or Jim Crow mm -hmm. and were segregated. Like, I'm, I mean, maybe because I'm white and I'm not faced with that reality all the time, but it still surprises me when I really think about how close that was in our history. Yeah, it really is. Well, and it's funny. And I that mean, people still aren't even okay with the changes that have been made. Well, okay, and so since we're, gonna, since we're kind of veering off into that way, anyway, 
um, voter suppression. You know, it's funny because today Alex and I mean, award for best segue goes right. To. <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor. Today we were walking to vote early because we had some time in between clients, and I was like, okay, let's go and vote early. It's right up Graham Avenue. Yeah, we had like two, we had like two hours, hours, right? Yeah. And I was like, half like, way there, there line, I'll be fine. And I was like, oh my god, I need my ID. And then I was like, wait, I don't need my ID. Because this is New York State, yeah, you do not and you your don't ID. need your driver's license, and that's part of voter suppression, mm -hmm. is making people show. And I had like my little card that came in the mail. I was like, no, bitch, that says yeah. it right there. Elizabeth Taylor, this yeah. is where you live, this is where you vote. But there are way more sneaky and insidious ways of suppressing votes yes. than voter ID laws. Yes. Um, and I think like this year, uh, voting is really under threat. In some ways that have been engineered and controlled to accomplish that, in some ways, just because of where we are with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, like one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot, I'm working on a story at work actually about how um, women's vote is sort of under threat more so than it's ever been, or at least in modern memory because women are a disproportionate percentage of essential workers. Mm. So, you know, either being exposed to the virus mm -hmm. or not feeling like they can vote safely or whatever, they've taken on a disproportionate amount of child care. Mm -hmm. You can only bring two children under the age of 18 with you in Maryland to vote. Wow. That's insane. Yep. So the women who are obviously, if you have more kids than that, yes. you know, uh, women also lost Lots of women are leaving the workforce mm -hmm. right now. And can you blame women, moms? So like you can't. Moms and te mo teachers who are moms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Couldn't imagine. Could, you guys are fucking killing it, moms, right now. Like honestly, thank you for keeping this shit running because Seriously. how nobody signed up for this. Nobody signed up to be an ex and a teacher and a mom like all at the same time throughout your house. So thank you guys. Sorry to cut you off, no, but it's no, like it's insane true. what parents are going through but right now. Also, I want to know if there are rules, laws, whatever it is, about how many polling places per, you know, the population. Because, so, we tried to go vote, but the line was so long that I was like, I don't even know if we'll be able to do this and get back in time in two hours. Is that what gerrymandering is? No, gerrymandering is drawing districts in really ridiculous shapes mm. so that you, uh, there's like political gerrymandering, there's racial gerrymandering, like oftentimes, like the black community tends to vote Democrat. Mm -hmm. So what like Republicans might try to do when they're redrawing district lines is like draw around a majorly black area of a city mm. so that it doesn't affect the how the, the votes vote will swings, go in that yeah. area. Right, right, right. Um, Interesting. Even our district is kind of weird. So Vice News did a big investigation. It was a huge data project. We're really proud of it. Uh, and we found out, we got data from every single state, and across the U.S., nearly 21,000 polling stations were eliminated this year. 20,000 polling places were eliminated? 21,000. 21, yeah, 21,000. Jeez Louise. So, and it's up a huge percentage from how it has been in the past and I mean at the same time states have obviously increased mail-in voting they're extending early voting I didn't really trust the mail voting process so yeah. I'm planning to vote in person and yeah, I'm, voting I'm doing it on election day because I don't think the lines will be that long I was actually mm -hmm. thinking that but mm -hmm. by then it might be better I'm just yeah. Right. Yeah. I know well we're not working True Beauty Brooklyn is patriotic enough to close on election day. True. I'm so, always working on election day, so I just go with the ass crack of dawn. Smart. Yeah. And, you know, get it done. Yeah. I also heard a lot of, in terms of mailing in ballots, 
Because, like, another way that they're trying to do voter suppression is if there's anything wrong with the way that you, your ballot looks, they're tossing them right. in a lot of states. So if you, like, draw outside of the line or use, like, a wrong, if you don't use a black or a blue pen or if... God, it's like when we used to take Scantron tests. Yes. I'd be so paranoid to go outside the... the I haven't heard about the pens. I mean, it really varies state by state. Yeah. But how they verify your signature and, like, deal with voter fraud is they take it and compare it to previous years. So if your signature has changed, that's a problem. Like, imagine if you had a stroke or something one year, right? Or yeah. an accident or something. I mean, just during, maybe you try to change up your... Yeah, yeah, maybe you're just feeling a little frisky one day. <laughs> during the primary this year, New York threw out, like, a, a much larger percentage mm-hmm. of absentee and mail-in votes than they typically do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've just been encouraging... I'm relatively young, yeah. not 30 yet. <laughs> Healthy. In my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, just be hating on 30 still. I can't believe <laughs> it. Yeah. It's a bad thing. but I don't even care. Who cares? Because you're 30. <laughs> I'm actually not freaking out about it that much. It's the best. Look at you. You're killing it. First of all, all right, let me just say yeah. when I first met you, you were 28. And I was like, you're an editor at Vice <laughs> News and you're 20. Is that a little young? And you're like, yeah, well, you know. And I'm like, so you're just a bad bitch then. Like, <laughs> it's kind of come, head, sit down, have a drink. Welcome to the club. Oh, stop. <laughs> you guys have any ideas for how to celebrate a birthday in quarantine? Listeners, can you like send in? Can you like, do you have like a, have a, like, a Twitter? Like, can you tweet? Yeah. Like, help me figure out how to celebrate my birthday in um, a state in a right into us. COVID friendly way. Yeah, it's true. Beauty Brooklyn podcast at Gmail. What yeah. you should do. Honestly. <laughs> I suggest the app house party because there are actually some fun games on there that I played with friends during the lockdown. I just got a second Xbox controller so my boyfriend and I can play together. We're going to be excited. What do I play? Um, I love open world RPG games. Okay, what does that mean? So that's what you're doing for your birthday. Open world RPG. Okay, I think I do know what this means. So it's not like a... So it's like there's a world in your character, and you go in. You get to make choices, yeah. all whatever. So there's actually kind of a cute story about how I got into it's like playing video similar. games. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I love sci-fi fantasy. Like that's my genre. That makes like, sense. That you like. Do fairies exist? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> we'll talk about that on the next episode. Yeah. I can bring some evidence. I would love it. I come um, from a family. <laughs> I come from a family of nerds. Black nerds. Oh hell yeah! Love sci-fi and fantasy. I'm the black sheep because I'm like y'all. No, thank you so much. So <laughs> your no, no, I'm gonna bring you. Oh, my parents right? are Trekkies. I'm yes. gonna bring you into the. You can try. Side. They've been trying for 34 years. But so I uh, lived in Warsaw in Poland for a little while. My old company sent me over there to help them set up a new office. And my coworkers found out that I love fantasy and like love Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So they got me this so book cute. series called The Witcher. Uh-huh. And it's like Poland's version of Lord of the Rings, basically. Mm-hmm. So obsessed with it. Just devoured the whole series. Do you series. speak Polish? No. Okay. I mean a little bit. But it was in it was yeah. in English. Yeah. And mm-hmm. my um uh my family is Ukrainian. So my pronunciation was actually like pretty okay, and they mm-hmm. were all really impressed with that, which I'm also impressed with myself for. Love it. I'm um, impressed. Thank you. <laughs> they would like tell me how to say things, and I and they would be like, "Oh, that's actually pretty good." Yes. But so they got me this book series as like a going away gift when my time was up, and I just devoured the whole series, and I wanted more, and I realized that the series had been made into like this internationally popular video game, also called The Witcher. 
So I just like went all in. I bought an Xbox. I bought the game. And that's how you got into it. Yep. And now I play Assassin's Creed. And Did I just your boyfriend her. already into this or no? No, I got him into it during oh quarantine. God, I, oh, I was gonna say this is a great quarantine. Okay, if yeah. we go into lockdown again, I'm getting into this shit. Yep. Really? Do you Why not? Video games? As a kid, oh, I used to be obsessed with video games because my older brother was obsessed. My boyfriend so I used loves to video love. games. But we're PlayStation. Yeah. Xbox and PlayStation, they don't really... No, th most of the games go to both. Oh, really? We I actually think together? I made a mistake. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think I, think I made, may have made a mistake getting an Xbox over a PlayStation because I think that Microsoft has yeah. like a little bit of a monopoly. I don't really... Yeah. For your birthday, treat yourself. Yeah. Maybe. Xbox 6 is coming out. It's five? your 30th. The 5th? Xbox 5 is coming out. No, not Xbox. PlayStation. PlayStation 5 How is coming out. How did we start out. talking about this? I don't know. Because I don't know. But this is how we do. Yeah, that is how we do. It's Not true. just on this podcast. Okay, I know. All right, so but, we're um, finished with the Oh, yeah, is there anything else then? that you wanted to say, either about voter suppression, about the new Supreme, Supreme Court Okay, justice? so, yeah, so what's next with Amy? She's Sis. she's in. She's here. She in. She's in forever. Yeah, uh, she's gonna start hearing cases. So I also covered Gorsuch's ascent to the Supreme Court, and like, I don't know, people call me a Gorsuch apologist or whatever, but I, I think that he's <laughs> surprised a lot of people, and especially when it comes to like Fourth Amendment rights and searches and seizures, and he's been like the deciding vote on a lot of cases mm -hmm. that people have been surprised about. Um, yeah. So, do you think maybe she'll surprise us? I don't know. It's. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the problem. Is like we just don't have a very good idea for what her yeah, legal, she, her judicial philosophy is. Because totally. she didn't, like I said before, she didn't have to answer those questions. Right. I mean, she clerked for Scalia. Okay. And and she's an originalist, which okay. means that she uh, interprets the law as it was written at that time. Well, I can go either way. But that was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not, she sticks I, very, very narrowly to the law. One case that people were really concerned about yeah. was when she was on the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. She heard a case about, this is dark, I'm sorry, about um, a young girl who was raped while she was in either jail or government custody somehow. Perhaps she was an immigrant. I mm -hmm. wish I had better details. I think she was in prison. I read but, this. Uh, Justice Barrett pretty much said that um, the employer of the guard who raped her couldn't be held liable because the sexual assault was not strictly a part of his job description. What? That don't make no sense. <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't make any. I Does mean, that and also that makes the constitution. Feel... <laughs> like, you know what? <sighs> That's scary. I really want to. Okay, the, like, I'm trying yeah. to so hard. Be like, okay, well, this is out of my control, and this is her. she's in this now. Yeah, she is a Supreme Court justice. She's going to be around for many years. Yes, I want to think like maybe she will do things and decide things. Yeah, and yeah, you know what? Someone who is going to follow the law—that is your job. I mean, yeah, but, but dude, like the law wasn't written for people who look like me, and totally, that's what scares me. Do you totally. know what I mean? Like when I it hear things like that, many it was many written for it wasn't and by white guys. It was written. It wasn't written for people who look like any of us. And that's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, 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 totally. yeah, and that's what's very scary about totally. that. So it's, it's like, like because I know that a lot of conservatives—that's their whole thing—is like she's going to follow the Constitution. That's what she's supposed to do, and it's like, don't you see the flaws here? Well, but that's what I mean. That's what they want. Yeah. It's very frustrating. I'm trying to be open-minded, but on at the, the same time, On I'm the like, flip side, though. Tell us about the flip side, girl. Because you Make know I happy. will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
I think some people are uncomfortable with the idea of the Constitution exists to give us a framework in which to judge our laws and our conduct by. Mm -hmm. If justices or you know lawmakers start making decisions based upon the times or their own morality yeah like that is i think equally as dangerous totally and that's why it's very like which do you it's like i once heard this episode of the moth and essentially it was this the moral of the story is that some of us are closer to being sociopaths than we are to being like quote unquote regular humans but some of us you want to be closer to being sociopaths because you want them to be able to disconnect from humanity. So like your surgeon, you don't want your surgeon thinking like, oh my God, I hope that I make this girl like lives after this heart surgery and that I do a good job. No, I don't want you thinking of me as a human. I want you in there, like fix my heart, get out. Lawyers and justices, some could argue is the same. You don't necessarily want them to have that same human instinct, but then sometimes you do. I took the hair check once. I read a book. Um, called The Sociopath, or The Psychopath Test. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very good book. Easy mm-hmm. read. Yeah. <laughs> Shockingly um, easy read. Yeah. Out of your sociopath. But it was that. about how just, like, m- most people are, like, score higher than you think on The Sociopath mm-hmm. Test. Mm-hmm. Isn't it like if you yawn and someone in the room with you looking at you doesn't yawn, <laughs> then it's possible they're a sociopath? That's a third I've grade heard sociopath. That one. I've heard that, too, but that was, I heard, I've like... I've yawned on the subway pre-COVID. Yeah. And, like, you know, you see <laughs> other people yawn, and I'm like, that dude... <laughs> <laughs> I love you read it in the back of like a mad magazine once and you're like, Definitely. oh, it's back. Reader's no, Digest. No, like why Reader's magazine? Like at the desk. Yeah. Reader's Digest. Hi- I was so a fan cute. of Highlights. Yes! Highlights! I was once a model in Highlights magazine when I was just a young kid. Oh, it's true. Fun fact. Printed fuck? right there in home You were a model and didn't even tell me. Girl, I'll show you sometime. Before your awkward phase, I guess? It's true and it was for the Halloween issue. Look at that! And oh, congrats! Anniversary! <laughs> You said you have a good, um, I, I didn't know them, but yes, I'm older but do you want to tell us more of the white people things that you're embarrassed by? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a particular brand of white people things, which is Midwestern white people Perfect. things. Perfect. But the I mean, whitest. more. I've never, like, yeah, I don't know anything so about So I would like to, I need, I need to like preface this a little bit. Okay. So my mother is one of the best chefs you will ever come across. She's she Romanian? Make, she cook a, does she she's cook Ukrainian. 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 Are both mm-hmm. of your parents make, Ukrainian? No, okay. just my mother. Um, my dad's just like a European mutt. She can make anything. She, like what, one of her famous recipes is French raspberry tart. She makes sushi. French raspberry tart. Yeah, she. Delicious. She's, she makes sushi. Yeah, she's self-taught. She incredible. owned a restaurant for a little no while. No way. Mm. She's passed it down to me. Love I it. love to cook. I would like to think that I have an extremely advanced palate. Oh my goodness! My Why whole, haven't we eaten together? My whole we should. Mm-hmm. My whole family loves to fish. I pretty much grew up on a beach, like catching fresh seafood, and then my mom, like we would like clean it, and you know, my mom would make bouillabaisse, and basically, you cleaned fish. I like yeah. Crabs too. Do you stick a little butter knife under there, pop up the back. Because I'm white. Rinse it out. Well, I'm shocked. Like all these white. I'm very no, I'm impressed by this. I like like, the water mm -hmm, and the beach mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. No, I actually never ate seafood till I was older. I Mm. hated it as a kid. My point is that I feel extremely qualified to make this rather controversial statement. Oh, tell us. Red Lobster has good seafood. (laughs) I've never been to Red Lobster. Wow. First of all. I actually think I now know how to celebrate my 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> there is one in 
There's also one in Times Square. Oh my yes, god. There's one in, that was the okay. time to go to Times I'm gonna Square. ask my boyfriend to take me to the Red Lobster in Times Square for my yes, 30th birthday. Like, and he's going to be like, You're not the woman I fell in love with. I <laughs> love we live in North Brooklyn. There are so many restaurants. You're like, no honey. Red lobster has good seafood. I love that that was your secret to share with us. Yeah, my Midwestern white people shame. Yes. I've never been to a red lobster personally. Same. But you okay, can I tell you what to order if you go? Yeah. I heard the cheddar big biscuits are delicious. Yes. Also That's what I heard. Also the boardwalk popcorn shrimp. Boardwalk popcorn. The breaded orange ruffy is really good. What's an orange ruffy? It's a fish. It's a white fish. Like a flaky white fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think they make good drinks too, although that really depends on the bartender. But my one of my one of my good friends at work, she has this. You know how you do icebreakers and like ask people what their fun facts are or whatever. Her thing is, she asks new people that she meets if you could do an infomercial for free. Yes. For anything, like what would your infomercial? I love this question. Maybe you guys should put on your podcast. I love infomercials. You would have to meet. I love a jingle. You would have to meet my friend Carter and like get her. I know I can't steal it from. Her. That's no, totally. genius. That's her genius idea. Carter, girl. Great idea. <laughs> okay, so what's yours? Is it obviously Red Lobster? I mean, one of them would be Red Lobster. How um, would it go? I think you guys just heard it. Okay, fair. I would just lay out why I'm extremely qualified <laughs> to Sorry. tell you why. Honestly, that's a great fucking important That is a great information. Like, I'm already kind of like... Already, like, when do we go to Red Lobster? Lobster? Yeah. Next also, Tuesday, my boyfriend... Do you guys want to yes. go to Red Lobster I would love together? to. I would yeah. love it. No, my boyfriend... Would have told me that. Oh, that's you know. No, Olive Garden's trash. Yeah, it is. I think it's the same. I think it's actually the same. Or Hooters. I really want to go to Hooters. Hooters has good wings. I I didn't hear about that about wings. I'm more offended by the the shiny tights (laughs) at Hooters than anything else. Not the tits. Nothing. I'm just like, but those tights. I think I would love to go to Red Lobster. My boyfriend went there for his birthday every year when he was a kid, and he didn't realize until he was older that it was a chain he thought that it was like just his town's like local oh, that's, that's so adorable yeah isn't that super cute that's adorable so that's how you know red lobster is good you're not wrong you weren't the only kid that just loved it yeah. okay. okay so that was your milk oh. with your dinner which i liked that you just literally shared something about white people with yeah. us i'll take that <laughs> um wait yes. i have a, a really easy it's not even that great but just something that i thought about the other day of i didn't know then but i'm older now i was thinking about it the other day when i was a kid I assumed, for whatever reason, that all dogs were boys and all cats were girls for a very long time. That's really And then I don't know when in my life I learned, like, girl, that's not, like, a possible. When you took biology? Maybe, like, third and third grade. (laughs) (laughs) And you thought, wait, wait, flowers also are boys and girls? Oh, I get what this is, okay. But isn't that, I wonder if anyone else felt that way. Did anyone else feel that way? You're just like, oh, I get this segment. (laughs) I'm here for this. Did you ever think that? I knew about genders. So <laughs> Wait, I think the one that I'm thinking of fits in well with this because yes. mine is about where I thought babies came from. Fits in well with genders? What yes. she's talking about? Okay, throw it at us, girl. Remember Anne Geddes? Yes. No. I okay, I think no, this is enough. I think this might be like another white people thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. She cuz I honestly never I, I never saw her photograph okay. a baby of color unfortunately. Okay. So maybe the Ann Geddes, if you out there, you <laughs> have some explaining babies. to do. She would photograph infants in like flowers or flower yes. pots or whatever. Yes. So, I thought when I was younger that babies 
grew out of women's belly buttons mm -hmm. as like a flower and then the petals opened. That's and then that's where the baby was. That's so You're so much cute. smarter. Like as a kid, I saw those photos and was just like, these are photos. I never thought that deeply. And it's kind of adorable. I don't know that if that's that smarter or just oh, like. I know which is smarter. You were too busy wondering why no dog, like, didn't even know. You didn't know I about didn't, genders. And you didn't wonder. I was just yeah. like, that's a girl and that's a boy always. That's not that dumb. I think. Right? I think it kind of makes I mean, I sense. Can, honestly, I kind of I can, I'm going to make myself great, but I, I kind of think that this is ingrained misogyny. That's what I kind of feel like yeah, too. Because there's like the crazy sense. cat lady. Yes. And then there's like the cool surfer guy with and all dogs the dogs. And puppies. Totally. boys and yeah. puppies. Yeah. It makes, that's what I'm saying. Totally. Dude, this makes perfect sense. You're not yeah. wrong. Also, but I wonder what. An umbilical cord could be a flower stem. It's kind of adorable. Thank You're not you. so I wrong love either. That. Thank you. But I also. <laughs> I'm did I, back did I, Alex, back did to I me. do it right? You did it right, girl. I like So wait, I didn't know then. How long ago. Did you find this out? <laughs> <laughs> it must have blown your fucking mind. I can't remember where I when I learned yeah. where babies come from. Yeah, it's all right. I assume it wasn't last year. You're not to even I mean, thirty yet, girl. You got time. Good old abstinence-only Midwestern education, and probably was much later than you would think. I love it. Their teachers were like, "Yes, that is where they come from." You're right. You were going to say one. I've got a great one. Oh, yeah. She's just like, I got a great one. It's not really an, I didn't know then, but I'm older now. It's more so a cultural observation mm -hmm. that we're going to spin into a little combination of the two, okay, I think. Like okay. Like you see? Okay, mm -hmm. so. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So, I... You're stroking I'm stroking it because I want to say this in the most intelligent way that I can because it's kind of dumb but it's not really okay so RBG was a really fucking smart bitch if you guys don't know you should definitely go and watch a couple of her interviews or there's some documentaries she just did so so much for us as a country but especially us as women it's incredible but one of the things that I heard her say once in an interview was the interview asked her well they said you know Throughout your career, you've had so many incredible landmark decisions, and you've done so much to push the culture forward, and you must be so proud of yourself for what you were able, the legacy that you were able to leave. And she said, you know, the pendulum of change always swings both ways. And that was such an incredible answer to me because of what the next thing I'm going to say is, which Kobe Bryant famously, when he won the Western Conference Championship, so right before they went to the NBA Finals, they, it was the last game everybody was celebrating, and he was just very solemn when he was answering questions from the media, and they said, aren't you, like, why aren't you excited? You just won the Western Conference title. Like, this is so great. And he said, the job's not done. I didn't come here to win the Western Conference title. I came here to win the NBA championship. I've got nothing to celebrate. The job's not done. Mm -hmm. Which essentially is what RBG said also. Mm. Pendulum of change always swings both ways. Job's like not that. done. And so two great people that we lost this That's year. That's a really good way to end the... Do you know? I know. Yeah, two great people that we lost this year, two really great minds, two great leaders. Yeah. Totally. Really both said the same thing in two different ways, which I love, which is love job's that. not done. So a lot of work to do, guys. For fucking real. <laughs> For real. I love that. I want right? to Do you see that's 
stroke my beard. You saw me stroking my beard because I've been thinking of this for quite some time. Do you know? Because my boyfriend's been saying this to me a lot lately because, you know, I'm always, we've got a lot that's going on. I'm like, honey, let's celebrate. And he's yeah. like, job's not done. You've got mm-hmm. nothing to celebrate now. Yeah. You guys are in the middle. Thanks for keeping us you know? headed. Exactly. So, guys, in the words of RBG and in the words of Kobe Bryant, job's not done. We got a ways to go. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that. We had a lot of fun, but in all seriousness, I learned so much from Christina. She is so smart. Super smart. And it's just crazy how much there is to always learn. And also so crazy how I didn't pay attention to really important shit in high school. And uh, I wish (laughs) I had. I mean, it's it's relative. Like, what do you know about life? You just know, you have no concept of life. Or how to, any of that affects you. Or you how know? any of it and, affects you and, like, why you should care. You, and, yeah. like, n- half these rights that aren't, don't even belong to you at 16. So you're just, like, whatever, <laughs> right? But I hope that all of you were able to learn a lot. Also, um, if you have any comments or questions about anything we talked about, please, please email us. Yes. At truebeautybrooklynpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Check us out on Instagram at truebeautybrooklyn or at truebeautybrooklynpodcast. What was one of your takeaways from this episode? To try to stay a little calmer. (laughs) I feel like I get so worked up about everything. It's very hard not to. Yes. Yeah. But I need to learn that it's going to be okay, I think. I think so. (laughs) I hope. But that's like a general takeaway. What about you? Uh, A general takeaway, I think, is just to keep listening. To keep an open heart and... Man, we just really need to listen to one another, which is hard when people are yelling at you, and it's hard when you want to yell back and you don't understand each other, but that's how we got here, is just a lack of understanding, and the only way we're going to get through this is by talking. Yeah. Also, I just want to say good luck to everyone who are, who's going to see their families on Thanksgiving. Oh. If any of you have families with opposing political views, yeah. my thoughts are with you. Yeah, dudes. I'm not even sure how you guys are going to do it. It's... Ooh, I don't wish to be you any got one of this. You. you got it. You got it. You guys got this. You're just gonna go and be smart. You're gonna take notes. You're gonna go in with like the quick ones. You're so much punch. better than me. I'm like, just go and get wasted. No, and just don't. don't say anything. You're gonna get your Candace <laughs> Owens shields up. You're gonna be like, no, no, we're not talking about that. <laughs> and will you lead the charge to unity? Right? We'll pull a Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. God, that sounds awful. I want to punch people in the face, but we're not going to do that. No. No. We're going to go high. Yeah. So let's go get <laughs> high. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Go with that. All right, dudes. We love you. We'll see you, we'll next, see you time. next time. Go vote. Yes, definitely go vote. Stand in line. It's going to, we're all doing it. Just yeah. do it. Please. Just maybe have a good podcast, like True Beauty Brooklyn podcast playing while you're waiting in line. Totally. Yeah. There's back the episodes, you know? That'll give you like a good yeah. five hours. You can do it. And if you've listened to all of our episodes, may I suggest The Gateway? <laughs> it's quite good if you like cult stuff. Anyway, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. 
This has been a COCBK production. Produced by us, Elizabeth Taylor and Alex Shapiro. Our engineer is Bart Tripoli. Our theme music composer is Zebra Sonic. Our artwork is by Garrett Ross. If you're an advertiser interested in advertising on our show, go to midroll.com slash ads. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.